You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. the king. 
good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard, Captain speaking. Uh, we're going to get you out here just as soon as possible. Let us push back time right now. It's been said that all roads lead to God. And this makes a certain amount of sense. In life, there are a thousand different ways to get where we're going. Winding scenic paths, wide, fast highways. We can walk or ride, drive or fly. Wrong turns and detours may slow us down. But sooner or later, we make it. We get where we want to go. Could it not be the same for our souls? We all search for meaning, for fulfillment, for purpose, for God. But we come from different places. We're different people. And we don't all travel the same roads. But surely, if we try our best, if we follow our heart, if we believe in ourselves, we'll make it. Everything will work out. We will find salvation in the end. But there is a flaw in this way of thinking. The path to God is no road at all. It is a person. His name is Jesus. And salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No matter the road we choose, at the end of this journey that we call life, there stands a gate, shut fast. It is not opened for good people. It will not budge for those who lived right or loved well or did great deeds. It will only open for those who put their faith in the Son of God. Those who, in life, called upon the name of Jesus and believed him when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I wanted to start out with uh, that song by Linda Ronstadt, not to date me, not to say <laughs> how old I am. Uh, in fact, I, I think I was probably uh, a twinkle in my dad's eye whenever that song came out, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but because I think all of us have come to that realization in our lives that, uh, that we feel, we have that sentiment, either that uh, we're not good or that others are not good, and, uh, and, and so this song that, that goes over and over and over the fact that you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, and they even say, baby, you're no good. Uh, it, it speaks to our lives, and it speaks really to, to, to the realization of, of who we are outside of God, and, and I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe you have felt uh, that you're not good enough, Maybe you have felt uh, or been told that you are 
no good. But here's the reality is because all of us are not good enough, God made us right with him. The whole thrust of our, of our message today is getting right God's way. How, how do we accomplish that? Because once we're right with God, then we can be right with ourselves. We can accept ourselves for what he's done for us. And we can uh, not live a guilt-ridden life or a, or a shame-burdened uh, uh, life. We can walk with our heads up high. We can, we can, we can talk uh, with, with confidence and assurance that, that God is on our side. And if God is with us, then, then who in the world can be against us? I know that the, the, the greatest um, epiphany that I had uh, was when I came to the realization that my life was a mess because of my life choices, uh, because of my life circumstances, uh, because of my life relationships, and everything was skewed because I wasn't right with, with God. And, and that's what the Lord's going to speak to us right now is, is we can get right with, with Him, and when we get right with Him, then everything changes. Uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget Psalm 51, the, the uh, um, King David is, is talking about, about his, uh, he's, he's burdened, and, and in his psalm, he's, he's relating to us his great failure, and he says in that psalm, he says, God against you and you alone have I sinned, and he came to the place that because he had sinned against God, uh, it had affected everything else in his life. And, and, and when, when we sin against God, it affects every aspect of our life. Remember, that's what Paul was talking about uh, last Sunday as we, as we go through the book of Romans. And, and we learned that, that every person falls short of, of God's standard. All of us sin. And we all, we all uh, come to this place that we need someone to, to redeem us, someone to save us. And, and that's exactly what... what the Apostle Paul is going to show us in today's message. So we're going to go right now to, um, to uh, how do we get right with God? And I got three, three things that I want to, to bring, bring out from this. Uh, the first way that we get right is through the cross of Jesus. And uh, what God is speaking to us through the pen of Paul, as the Holy Spirit is guiding him to, to write this letter, is that it is impossible for us to get right with God on our own merit or in our own goodness. None of us are good enough. None of us have done enough uh, to get right with God. Uh, at the same time, because God is just and, and righteous, He has to deal with sin. If he didn't deal with sin, then he wouldn't be a righteous judge. And because there is so much against us and we've done so much, he has to deal with it. So, so what we find is that the cross of Jesus Christ is the answer. And it, it shows us uh, that he loves us with a great love. In fact, God doesn't love us because of what we've done. He loves us because of who he is. And the reality is that most of the things that I've done in my life are not worth bragging about. I know I love to brag about the, you know, the, the accolades of my life. I mean, that's the things that come up to the surface. But there are a lot of things in my life that I have done and, and committed that, that are very far short or subpar of, of the goodness of God. And those are the things that, that, the, that the devil, the world, and my flesh bring up so that I cannot walk 
a victorious life with Jesus. You know, my heart was broken this week. Um, a dear friend of ours, a, 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 a school uh, leader, a school administrator, uh, was, was hit horribly uh, on social media because of something that happened uh, in this week. And, and, and so it's amazing how people get on the bandwagon of hate and, and, and can come at, at, at other people uh, so easily, and people just jump in and they join in. And, and, and I, um, as, as this thing played out, uh, I, I sent a, a text, my wife sent a text to, to the, the educator and, the, and, and her husband, and we, we said to them, hey, we love you, we're in your corner, and more importantly, God loves you. And, and here's the reality is that there, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of noise that comes at us on a, on a daily basis, and social media can sometimes even exponentially just, uh, just gr- make it greater. And, and, and usually it, it's, it's a lot of hate, and it's a lot of you're no good, you're no good, you're no good, and they were not even going to say, baby, you're no good. They'll just say, hey, you're no good. And, and so as I, as I processed what was going on this week, uh, in my time of bringing uh, these, this wonderful couple to the Lord, because to me they're wonderful, because they're wonderful to God. And as I brought them to the Lord and I was thinking about, you know, what is going on, you know, no one was saying that three weeks ago that I got a phone call because one of the students in, in, in our community had, had shot themselves. And no one was saying in, in, this, in, in all the social media how, how this administrator, how this leader in, in our education system was there at the house as they called me to go in. And as we prayed with the family because of the, what had, the devastation that had happened in their home. No one was saying that. No one, no one knew that. But you know who knows that? God. God knows that. And, and this, in the same manner, when we, when we find out that, that God loves us, not because of what we've done, but because of who He is, we find out how incredibly great the cross is. Because all of us, all of us are subpar. All of us fall short of that standard that, 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 that is perfect. And we measure people with our own standards. And, and this is what Paul is bringing out. This is what Paul says. He says this, But now, he says, But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Let me just pause right there. He says, Getting right with God has been revealed with, apart from the law, apart from you trying to, to, to do things by rules and regulations. Let me go on. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all, all who believe. Let me say that again. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that, that is something that we all grab a hold of when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ. We understand that, that the cross is an even playing field, that everyone is equal there, that all of us fall short and only one deserves the glory, and that's Jesus, because we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and it says, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, 
whom God put forward as a beautiful word, propitiation or a worthy sacrifice by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. In other words, God saw what was going on in the past, but there was a, there was a special time that would come where Jesus would go to Calvary and he would die for the sins of mankind. He saw that, his forbearance. He had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Jesus and the cross of Jesus Christ is what makes us right with God. The blood is a great sin eraser in my life. This, it, it erases all the things that I've done in the past. It erases all the things that I do in the present. And it erases all the things that I will do in the future. His blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. And then he gives me his righteousness. That's amazing. And it's by his grace. It's not like if I can earn it through popularity. It's not like if I can earn it through, through the way that I look. It's not like if I can earn it by the way that I talk. He earned it for me. And everyone in the world came at him. And everyone in the world put him on the cross, including me. And so we put our faith in, in, in what he's done, and he changes our life. Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful, wonderful man of God. His his name is Ravi Zacharias. He's, he's gone to be with Jesus just recently. And, and he was a great, uh, here's a word right here, apologist. That just means that he defended the faith. Now, he came out of, uh, of religion. He, he was a Hindu. And uh, he got saved on, on, on almost his deathbed as he was contemplating suicide and, and, and was at the end of his rope in life. And God saved him miraculously. And, and, and God saved him through his grace. And, and, and as he did... Uh, Ravi Zacharias traveled all over the world and spoke to so many people about the faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and Ravi said this, he said this, one of the most staggering truths of Scripture is to understand that we do not earn our way to heaven. Then he goes on, he says, works have a place, but as a demonstration of having received God's forgiveness, not as a badge of merit of having earned it and what happens to us in in humanity what happens to us in life is that somehow we want to earn our, our our standing with god our right standing with god which we can never do because every single one of us falls short of the glorious standard of god it's perfect and none of us are perfect the only one who's perfect is jesus and he perfectly he perfectly went to the cross to die for, for our sins. And I take that very personal. He died for my sins. And because of that, I've entered into, into this relationship with him that has completely changed my life. And you know when that came? When I realized how bad my life was. When I realized how bad my choices were. 
You know, a night that, that I was amongst friends and, and we had a keg of beer and we had a bunch of alcohol and we were, we were doing things that were, were, were just not un- God-honoring choices. It was at that time that, that I looked up to the heavens and, uh, and I looked up at my friends and I looked at my children as they were little. And I looked at my friends and I looked at, at my children and, and I saw what my friends were doing, everything that I did in a greater way. And I said, there's got to be more to life than this. And I didn't look down. I looked up. I said, God, if you're real, show me. In my worst place. And he showed me that he was real. And he showed me that I needed a Savior. And he showed me that I didn't need religion, that I needed a relationship with him. You see, that was the start of a relationship with him. When I said, God, if you're real, show me. He said, I will show you how real I am. I will show you what my son did for you. I will show you what the cross meant to, to, to him, to God, and to me, now, the one who was saved by it. And that's exactly what he wants for you. He, he wants for you to be saved. He wants for you to walk in this relationship with him. And the way that you get right is you get right God's way. The way that you get rid of anxiety is you get right God's way. The way that you get rid of, of guilt is you get right God's way. The way that you get rid of addiction is you get right God's way. The way that you make a difference is you get right God's way. And you'll never be more right than the first day that you put your trust in the finished work of the cross of Jesus. You'll never be more right. That, that moment, that moment, 27 years ago when I said, Jesus, I need you in my life. He made me right. He cleansed me. He made me holy. Not because of what I've done, but because what he did on the cross. His blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And I have never been more right. I have walked from that stance, from that position. I have walked out my life being cleansed through Jesus. I don't have to do more to be more right because I'm already right because of what he's done. It's a positional stance. It's a wonderful new nature. I'm, I am a new creation because of what Christ has done. And beloved, you need to know that, that if you receive Jesus, you're a new creation. The former things have passed and all things have become new. It's the greatest thing that we could ever realize. The message puts it like this. It says, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear the world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus. Finally, taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now, and this is current history, God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his righteousness. He makes it possible for us to be right with him, doing it his way, allowing, that, allowing Christ to be the propitiation, the worthy sacrifice, the, the, the one who appeased the sin of the world, the sin of James Reese. 
and it changes the way that we live. It changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we act. We don't act our way into right standing. We don't behave our way into right standing. That's religion. We believe our way into the right standing of God. We trust in the one who is worthy, and that's Jesus Christ. He's not impressed with, with our fancy talk. He's not impressed with our, our, our philosophies. He's, he's not impressed with all the knowledge that we can, that we can have. He's not impressed with all that, all that stuff. In fact, the, the Apostle Paul, as he's, as he's talking to the church in Corinth, he says this, he says, Christ did not send me to baptize, even though he baptized. He said, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. I'm, I'm going to say that again. Christ, he says, Christ did not send me to, 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 to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved, we know it is the very power of God. God speaks to us and he says, you don't need to dress up the message of the cross. You don't have to dress it up with fancy words. You don't have to dress it up with fancy apparel. You have to dress it up with fancy shoes. The power of the cross is the fact that Jesus Christ is a life changer. That Jesus Christ is a transformer. And you're made right by what he has done for you. The, se the second thing that's important about getting right with God is, is that His way is superior over the law. The law being the, 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 the Ten Commandments. A and the law is perfect, but the problem is that our sin is more powerful than the law. Outside of Jesus, you won't be able to overcome the things that are going to be put in your, in your place. And, and the law, that standard, it tells us, it points us to the fact that we need a Savior. It points us to the fact that our way is not the right way. It, it points me to the fact that, that my way is not good enough. If there, if there could have been any other way Jesus would not have had to come. He, he said this, he says, I did not come to abolish the law or to take the law away, but I came to fulfill the law because nobody else could. You see, the law, rules and regulations, they point us to the reality that we need boundaries in our life. They point us to the reality that we need, we need structure in our life. They, they point us to the reality that there's a, there's a better way but they point us to the reality, if you've lived your life long enough, that we can't keep the law. We, we can't even keep small uh, rules and, and, and regulations. I worked 
underground in my past life, before I became a, a pastor, I worked underground as a miner and as a, as a, as, as a supervisor underground uh, later on in my tenure there. And I'll never forget that, that there were, there were uh, procedures, there were, there were things that, that, that people had to follow because of the dangers in working underground. People had to wear their glasses, their safety glasses. But people didn't always wear their glasses. It might get, get foggy and they would take off their glasses. People had to wear their respirators because of all the dust and all the, all the dirt for the danger of silica and silicosis. People had to put safety gear on. We had to wear a harness so that when you're walking on one level that you wouldn't fall down one of the, one of the um, uh, shafts and, 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 and end up in another, on another level. But people didn't always wear their, their harnesses. And so we are notorious for not keeping the law. That's why we need a Savior. And the Savior is Jesus Christ. Beloved, you, you need to grab a hold of this, that, that none of us, none of us will ever be able to uphold perfection outside of Jesus. Jesus is the one who makes us perfect. We're perfect in the beloved because the Father sees him, not us, when we put our faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you won't have to live a life of shame. You won't have to live a life of, um, of difficulty. And, and, and here's another thing is, is if, you, if you do keep this, the, the rules and regulations better than others, then, then you boast about it. You, you, you feel better about yourself. But the reality is that None of us are perfect. None of us keep that perfect standard. And, and Paul said this in, in, in Romans 3, 27 and 28. He said, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? He said, no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith, and not obeying the law. And this is good news because it's God and not us. It's Jesus plus nothing. But, but think, think with me. We try to mix our own self-effort. We want to we get saved through Jesus. And this is going to speak to some of us in here that, that maybe you've been walking with God. It's Jesus to save you and then you want to walk out this perfect life on your own, like if your own merit is going to keep you right with God. It's Jesus plus nothing. Anytime that we add anything else to the gospel, to what Jesus did for us, we make it bad news. And, and Paul, as he's, as he's writing to different churches, he, he wrote to the church in Galatia, and the Galatians uh, had... had, had had distorted, there were people that had come in and they had distorted the gospel by saying it's Jesus, yes, but you got to get circumcised. And, and Paul very adamantly says, no, 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 no. It's Jesus plus nothing. You need to know that too. It's Jesus plus nothing. Here's what Paul said in, in Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. He says, We who are Jews by birth 
and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And then he goes on, he says, So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. No one will be made right by the law because we will all miss it in one point or another. And he's, ta- he's talking to, to, uh, to a Jewish audience. He's talking to those that, that, that understood that Israel was a special a people of God. And he says, you need to understand that, that the law was not given to us to save us, but to point us to a Savior. And Jesus and his grace is superior to us trying to follow the law. Here's the third thing that I, I want to bring to you is, is uh, um, getting right God's way is illustrated by the faith of Abraham. Paul takes one whole, um, what we would call a chapter, in chapter 4, talking about how Abraham believed God and it was credit to him as, as, uh, as, as righteousness. And he's called the father of faith. And Paul wants for those who trust in the law and attribute that uh, trusting in the law to their ancestry, he wants them to understand that it was faith that made Abraham right with God. That's important. Some people say, Father Abraham, right? He's the father of, of, of many nations. And this is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 4, verse 1, and 1 through 3. He says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. Through, let me pause right there. Through Isaac, his son. And he had Isaac when he was 100 years old and, and Sarah was 90. So it took the grace of God for that to happen. Just let me tell you that. And then he goes on, he says, What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to brag about or boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. That is so important. For, for, for those that, that trust in the law, for those that point to the Old Testament, saying that, that we have to keep these rules and regulations, and believe me, religion will always take us to having to do instead of walking in what was done. And what was done was complete. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, he meant everything that needed to be fulfilled was fulfilled in what I've done today. And the exclamation point, beloved, is that not only did he die on the cross, but three days later he rose from the dead to conquer not only sin, but to conquer death. And and he awakens our soul, and he awakens our spirit so we can walk in the righteousness of God. So we cannot live in condemnation. So we cannot live in guilt. If you try to live your life by keeping rules and regulations, if you try to keep your, keep your, uh, your, your, uh, your, your right standing and, and walk your, your, your life 
by keeping the law, you will be a very frustrated person or a very arrogant person. And God doesn't want either one of them for you and for me. Paul went on in, in verse 4, he says, When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. And he goes on, he says, David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. And David said this, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of his sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. And I would say to you right now, Oh, what joy I have that all my disobedient living throughout my years and my life has been forgiven. Not only my past, where I was so disobedient, but in my, in my present, when I have those days where I become disobedient, and in my future, when I may, may step off of that path and get in the sticker patch, I know that I have a Savior who will redeem me. Oh, what joy that my sins, which are right in front of my eyes, and my sins accuse me, and they say, you're no good for nothing. Look at what you've done. Look at who you are. And then we got people on the sidelines, the chatter that don't matter, and they're telling, look at you. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. PJ, you're no good. And those sins that are right in front of my eyes have been removed as far as the east is from the west. That where the sun comes up and the sun comes down, that my sins have been removed that far because of what God has done. You see, God doesn't see my sins. He sees the blood of his son. And it covers my sins and it cleanses me. And if you're here and you're a believer, God wants you to quit living in guilt. God wants you to quit living in shame because you are forgiven and you are redeemed. And, and, and Jesus, ha, ha, he, not only was he able to clear you of sin, he did clear you of sin at the cross at Calvary. And he wants to lift your head up and he wants to lift your spirit up and he wants for you to join and, and, and embrace the, the, the Holy Spirit's love and the fellowship that you can have with him. To be strengthened to be a worshiper. And we worship God not because of, of who we are, but because of what he's done. And let me say this, isn't important to all of us. That worship is not confined to a building, but to a lifestyle. It's how we live it out. It's how we walk it out. It's how we, it's how we treat people. It's how we treat ourselves. And it's how we treat God. And if you're here this morning, you're here with us. And you've lived a life independently of God. Maybe you have had religion. Maybe you've had things that, uh, that have really, really troubled you. I want you to know that there is an answer 
in how you get right with God. And the way that you get right with God is through Jesus Christ. But you know how I've said about the ABCs that, that they're, they're, it, it's as simple as ABC. You have to admit that you're a sinner. And can I tell you something? Everything in you is screaming at you, hey, we, we have a problem. Scotty, we have a problem. James, we have a problem. And then everything on the outside, people are saying, you have a problem. You have a problem. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. Hey, you're no good. We come to that realization and say, I'm a sinner. The B, you, you believe and you trust in someone who's greater than you. You trust in one that is good all the time. One who never sinned, and yet he took our, our sin upon himself. And you, you believe in Jesus. And the C, you, you confess him. You say, I do. You say, I will. You say, I need you. And you confess him as your Lord. And you, you, you welcome him into your heart and you follow him from that day forward. You, you begin to walk in his steps instead of your steps because your steps will misguide you. His steps will direct you. Your steps are in darkness. His steps are full of light. And so you allow for, for, for that to begin to manifest in your life. And you get right with him and you pray. And I'll lead you. And you say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. And I fall so short. I fall so short. I feel it in myself. And I hear it from others. Lord, but today I'm not going to listen to the chatter that don't matter. Today, Lord, I'm going to believe and trust that Jesus Christ is the Savior of my life. Today I'm going to trust what he did at the cross of Calvary. That I will get right because of what he did and the blood that he shed. And that cleanses me, cleanses me from all of my, all of my sin, from, from my past to my present and into my future. And I confess him today as my Lord and as my Savior. And I choose to follow him from this day forward for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And beloved, if you, if you prayed that prayer, we're saying, yes, go God, because he begun his work in you. He begun a good work in you that he will accomplish until the day that Jesus returns. And if you are a child of God, if you're a child of God, if, you, if you have, you're a follower of Christ and maybe you have not been able to live in victory, maybe the, the, the world has been on you, uh, maybe your choices have been getting to you, here's what I want you to know. God's on your side. God wants you to win. God is not looking to see how he can crush you because Jesus took the crushing for you on the cross. He wants to love you and embrace you. He wants for you to find a place where God's people can come around you and embrace you and love you the way you need to be loved. We want to be a church, and we're not the only church, but we want to be a church at Living Word Chapel that encourages you, that's a source of strength 
that helps you on your journey of faith. So we'd love for you to, um, to connect. We have a, a connection card, a digital connection card that you can, you can tell us who you are and, and we, we, we'll start to pray for you. Uh, we'll email you with, uh, with help if you need. Uh, and we're here to, to be a source of strength. So know this, that we applaud you. We, 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 we thank the Lord for you. We put those hallelujah hands up. Put those hands up that today you receive Jesus. Or put those hands up and say, hey, I'm coming back. To, to Jesus. I'm going to renew my relationship with him and see what God's going to do in your life. And so I just want you to know that you're loved. I want you to know that God's way of getting right is a lot better than your way of getting right. So just, uh, just embrace that today. And God bless you. Have a great week. Have a wonderful, wonderful blessed day. And know that you're loved. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.